Hello, hello. Welcome to Hometown Daily. We are in our time machine. It is January 29th, 2024. Season 3, episode 29. We're going to be talking about the superb owl conspiracy. New Steam games. Roman remains of roadworks. Overhauling food systems. Because people are willing to pay. Vacuuming up businesses. Beating counterfeit detector pens. Driving over the competition. Amelia Earhart's plane. And what powers our black hole, uh, sorry, our time machine is a black hole accelerator. We're going to be talking about black hole accelerators causing trouble. That and a little more. Hometown Daily. Hello everybody, I am Merwat. That is hometown.com and up there is the visualizer, which I didn't check to see if it was working before we... Uh, there is the visualizer for the sentient AI from the future that actually had some of the technology that's being used to power our black hole accelerator powered time machine so that we could go back to January 29th and we'll be doing this um, uh, and I may be the only one that does it um, tomorrow. Um, we will be making up for the days that were missed while Marowat was doing mayoral stuff. So welcome to the show. Uh, it is an hour long show. We talk about science, technology, and society, merge it together and out pops hometown daily. Don't forget though, we have two other shows on the weekends, Reality Hacker and the Continuity Report, all of which get moved over to YouTube and into a podcast. Go check them all out. So good evening, hometown citizens. Thanks. <laughs> the sentient AI keeps an eye on Mayor Watt. Doesn't really do much with the site itself but offers up uh, news for sure. Um, does a lot of the, hey, this would be a great article. This would be a great article. Um, but keeps me out of trouble and uh, tries to make my life easier while I try and make the AI's life more difficult and, and my life more difficult. You know. Gotta keep it interesting. <laughs> Let's get into the news though. Uh, hold on a second. Let me reset that. Let's go. So the very first article is over in hometown daily Su superb out. See, you're not allowed to actually make any references to the, uh, football game that is on during you mean the super bell. Okay. That's a good callback because that, that was a week ago. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I guess technically we're in the time machine, so you can make that reference again. <laughs> uh, and on the heels of talking about colonoscopies, we're only a couple of minutes into the stream and we're talking about <laughs> super bowels and colonoscopies. Uh, anyway, you don't want your logo colors conspiracy to involve your super bowel or colonoscopy <laughs> either um anyway if you really want to be entertaining at the end of a colonoscopy um make a joke 
uh, because they really don't get very much humorous people going through that kind of experience, but they enjoy it. Just life pro tip from Mayor Watt. Um, and tell them Mayor Watt sent you. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, so Super Bowl logo colors, conspiracy crushed by Chiefs win. NFL world reacts. The Chiefs defeated the Ravens in the AFC championship game and in the process shut down a popular internet belief connected to the big game's logo. Um, and by popular internet belief, dipshits. So the uh, article is over at newsweek.com. I'm sure pe- some people are having fun, but other people actually buy into that stupid crap. But anyway, Robert Reed over at newsweek.com put the article together. And talks about how there are some in NFL conspiracy theorists. Um, even today, they're talking about how Taylor Swift is going to time travel from Japan to... See, we're from the future, so we can actually ruin this if you're actually watching this in, on the 29th of January. Taylor Swift is going to fly back from Japan to the superb owl... Um, and then announce that all of her followers should be um, voting for Biden. All right. Yeah, nut jobs. So, and that's a professional term. Just kidding, it's not. Anyway, a variety of users on the website formerly known as Twitter pointed out that during the regular season, the past two super, super bowels. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> That's Maybe I can stay. start something here. That's going to stay, yeah. Um, uh, the last two Super Bowls shared a connection between the colors of the game's logos and the teams which participated. The Super Bowl, uh, what is it, 56 logo contains yellow, Los Angeles Rams, and orange, Cincinnati Bengals. What? Isn't that 56? That would be 57. That's 57? There's only one... Oh, I'm looking at the other one. Sorry, man. How was that? That's you know, not you're right. What? That's fifty-six. That's fifty-seven. Yeah, but you can't have fifty-six this year and fifty-seven the year before. What? Okay, just stop. Um, so last year the su- the uh, Super Bowl. 57 logo was green Philadelphia Eagles and red the Chiefs this is the year before the 56 oh okay logo yeah was. it's gonna be um 58 this year yeah um okay. and it wasn't lost on the fans that the emblem for the upcoming Super Bowl Sunday is uh purple and red matching up with the colors of the top seeded Ravens and uh, San Francisco 49ers but guess what that's not what's gonna happen <laughs> Because the Ravens aren't in it. Ah. Kansas City spoiler Chiefs alert. beat them. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, spoiler alert. So if you're from the, uh, if you're watching this from the 29th, just don't worry about it. It's not like it's going to be this amazing game anyway. There's no more hard hits. Everybody gets a, they get tackled into a body pillow and a massage. <laughs> Anyway, conspiracy theorists thinking that the logo is 
It's all a setup. No, that's not how it works. I didn't even realize they really had a separate logo. Like I mean, I get that it's going to be a different year, but I would have assumed it's the same colors every time. Right. It's not. Okay, we got to keep going. Time machine is getting warm, and uh, we don't want to be stuck in the past. Because if the time machine overheats, then the black hole accelerator that powers it will collapse. Kind of like a, a quench um, from a MRI machine. And then we're done. We're stuck here until we can reconstruct the, a black hole accelerator. I know. I know it's rough out there, folks. Not everybody can go to black holes or us and just buy another accelerator. Anyway, next article is over in the Warcrafters channel. Five new Steam games you probably missed from January 29th, 2024. You click that link and it takes you over to the source. Sean Prescott is the author over at PCGamer.com for this article, sorting through every new game on Steam so you don't have to. Thank you, Sean. So they talk about Lil Guardsman, Apollo Justice, Ace Attorney Trilogy. That package uh, collects three Ace Attorney games from the Nintendo DS era, Apollo Justice, Dual Destinies, and Spirit of Justice. For those unfamiliar with the series, these games are basically visual novel legal dramas and can be at least partially credited for the recent rise in popularity of the visual novel outside of Japan. Apollo Justice collects a total of 16 episodes, basically different cases, and also a wealth of bonus material like an art library and animation studio. Pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds different. Ancient Warfare 3, Writer's Rush. I think I just got that game. Hold on a second. I did. It was on sale over on Steam. Um, but I got it just recently. Oh, by the way, for those of you who are listening to this from the 29th, you get to look forward to Next Fest, which is running from February 5th to February 12th. And are <coughs> games on sale during that time? Uh, demos. Some games will be on sale. Uh, naturally, they just fall into that, you know. But uh, most of it is demos. And there's like hundreds of them. So go check it out. But you're going to have to wait. See, we can just turn off the machine. The field will collapse. Our signature, our quantum signature will realign with the current timeline. And uh, we will be back in our regular time and space. Maybe you should use the time machine to go back and have more time for next best. Tell me about it. See, the problem though is time still moves forward. So you just can't stop it. I mean, we still age. Yeah, you have to go back multiple times. Yeah. I'm not sure what the long-term effects. This is definitely NaNoWriMo type of material. So I hope y'all are listening. Anyway, um, I haven't played it yet. Writer's Rush. If you're a writer, you might like it. Freak Hunter. <laughs> A.K.A. Marijuana. Let's keep going, though. Won't spend a lot of time on this. Go and check out the Steam right, games. Right, because the time machine's heating up. That's right. Next article is over 
uh, in hometown daily Roman remains among 10,000 years of history uncovered by roadworks. This is pretty much always in the UK, huh? Among the finds are a stone age like tool it. site and a U.S. Army camp from World War II that was used until D-Day. What? <laughs> okay, so the article is... seems so related. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the article is over in Newsweek. Uh, the author is Aristos Giorgio. Among the finds are a tool preparation area traced back to the Mesolithic or Stone Middle Stone Age area area era um a bronze age burial mound various roman remains and an american d-day camp from world war ii the discoveries came during uh work to upgrade a section of the a30 one of the longest roads in the united kingdom which runs southwest for almost 300 miles from london to land's end which is apropos name i suppose um, the most westerly point of mainland England, the stretch of road oh, being upgraded. Name. Yeah. Um, upgraded lies in the county of Cornwall between the Shiverton Cross and Carland Cross roundabouts. Pretty neat. So I guess that's where they found it. Archaeological excavations taking place in Cornwall as part of the A30 upgrade project are seen. Archaeologists have uncovered remains representing around 10,000 years of history during the road improvement. <laughs> I love this stuff. I love this. Yeah, I mean, the archaeologists were probably cheering. What do you think the road construction crews were doing? Oh, they might be pissed, but they'll, they can work on something else, I suppose, until they can get to this. Um, hold on one second. Yeah, um, this is really amazing, though. We do see a lot of this in the UK. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Evidence from this remote period is scant, and finding a site with around 100,000 flints gives us a rare window into that time period and should enable us to reconstruct some of the activities that were being carried out on the site. Time team needs to be there. I hope they are. I bet they are. But on top of this, by using the sampling method that we did, we found evidence of other stone tools that would normally have been missed, small slate beads decorated with resin and other shaped stone tools whose function we are in the process of interpreting. So, wow, new stone tools that they're trying to assess what their role was. That is amazing. I love mm -hmm. that. Watch, they're gonna find something and it's gonna completely undo everything they think they know about previous yeah, really. construction. Aliens. The third site that stood out for the archaeologists was the remains of the United States Army base located next to the, what is it? Chibuka, Chibuka? Junction? Yeah, I guess. Um, that was in use from 1943 up until D-Day in June 1944. Um, let's see. To find and document the remains of one of these camps and the everyday objects of the people who had fallen shortly after leaving our part of the world is very humbling and deserving of being publicized not least because they may still have people alive that serve in the camp or served in the camp or had contact with those who did which is why we would welcome contact from anyone with memories of the camp or its occupants pretty neat stuff um yeah i don't know the the better that we understand our past the the better we can live our future i really 
love that the UK in particular um, values all of this and going like you just scratch the surface a couple of inches and you find history in the UK. Um, yeah, it's really amazing. I mean, it's not like you have to dig down 30 feet. Right. It seems like we're seeing this so often. Yeah, because there was so much activity. And instead instead of like tearing it all up, they basically just pushed dirt over most of it, knocked down the buildings, reused it. Um, but the foundations stayed. And so you can actually have fields of produce. And as you walk through the rows, when the, um, what do they call it? The thing to overturn the soil, not trowels, till maybe like a till. Yeah. So when they till the land and it turns it over, you can see like little Roman, uh, tiles, little squares and stuff, and people pick them up. Um, but they don't necessarily put a bunch together because they, they go, well, it was just one or two, but a little bit deeper is an entire floor of these little, right. Yeah, it's pretty amazing stuff. Let's keep going. Uh, this next article is over in hometown daily, the $10 trillion benefits of overhauling our food system. Um, I'm a big proponent of micro farms, but there's been some talk that, that the carbon footprint of local domestic farms is supposed to be bigger. Um, I have yet to do the research for that latest argument. Um, but eventually, um, I will, um, but you can grow hydroponically stuff in your basement right now and it's sustainable. I mean, you can sit there and, and live off of it. And you're not, uh, expending gasoline, driving somewhere yep. to go buy it. Yep. You're getting fresher, et cetera. Yeah. 100% recovery of the crop. There's no waste. Um, you don't have any predation. You don't have any damage, uh, natural, um, biological issues from, um, being out in the open. The only thing you lose is the natural sun. You don't get natural sun in a basement or some enclosed grow room. You have to basically use artificial lights, but you know, I can go from having no microgreens to having a, a week's worth of salads in seven days and 100% recovery in zero. Right. Where else are you getting that? You're not. Yeah, nowhere. So one of the most ambitious assessments yet of our global food system calculates the health, environmental and economic losses of businesses uh, uh, or business as usual. It also outlines the government can do to reap trillions of dollars worth of benefits by producing food more sustainably. All in all, the damage caused by the current system, how food is produced, marketed, and consumed can add up to $15 trillion in losses um, per year. And that includes health costs associated with poor nutrition, biodiversity loss, climate change, etc. Um, the article is over at theverge.com. Deck statement says governments could save millions of lives and trillions of dollars by making these changes uh, to how we produce food. I agree. And um, Justine Colma is the author of this over at theverge.com. 
Let's see what they have to say. So we, we have to make choices, right? Is a quote in this article, we're either wasting $15 trillion or are we saving that and reapplying it into saving the environment? Vera Songwei, or Song, I'm not sure how they pronounce their last name, says, I think the cost benefit analysis overall is clear. They're co-chair of the FSEC and executive secretary of the Economic Commission for Africa. They said this in a press call back on the 29th or 28th. The report models two pathways to starkly different outcomes possible in 2050, one based on current trends and the other based on transformation of the world's food systems. Today, food is responsible for 6 million hectares of deforestation a year. I find that amazing. Like how, why does food production keep on adding on to deforestation? Yeah, it doesn't really make sense, right? You think, I know you have to rotate for true success in agriculture, but why are you continually using new land? Yeah, I just don't get it. Um, if that continues, countries would be unable to meet the goal of stopping climate change set in the 2015 Paris Agreement. And depending who the dipshit is that's running a country, they can pull out of that. Um, arbitrarily, apparently you don't have to be a human that wants to stop climate change. Yeah, I guess there's no nothing really compelling anyone to do that. Yeah, you can be a sociopath and a leader. Um, actually, that's actually based on the research that I've done. Um, that's actually encouraged. Is that like the slogan? <laughs> yes. Be a sociopath. Run a country. Um, so the good news is that there's another path forward albeit hypothetical for now governments could tax pollution from agriculture and shift subsidies toward healthy and sustainable grow grown food deploying new technologies like remote sensing and in-field sensors that could reduce pollution overall overhaul uh, in how the world makes its food would require support for small farmers through subsidies and access to finance um, well that would also require uh, families to reinvest in the idea of farming but uh, I know that through talking with uh, local farmer families um, the kids are no longer interested in farming because you can make a ton more money with a couple of with a degree and moving somewhere else um, so I hate to break it to everybody that has a farm but it's basically a dying breed uh, the report is the culmination of four years of investigation by the FSEC, including comprehensive literature reviews, case studies, economic modeling. The, FES, eh, the FSEC um, is an independent academic commission with some big name funders, including the Rockefeller Foundation and IKEA Foundation. So, you know, that wasn't really supported. Well, I don't know that I don't know much about Rockefeller, but IKEA is in the furniture business, so I'm not sure the food system is directly impacting them. Uh, yeah, well, they've been around for a long time. IKEA is actually um, their current format is different than what they used to be. I think okay. they. I think. Hold on. I think IKEA. Let me see real quick. Um. Sorry, I'm doing it live. Yeah, 1943. So, okay. Ikea started in 1943. Um, at any rate, let's go on to the next 
hard. Uh, the ne this next article is over in Hometown Daily. Why the average superb owl ticket already costs $11,000. And I titled this because people are willing to pay. Uh, the superb owl in Las Vegas is now set with the Chiefs and 49ers playing for the Lombardi Trophy. Ticket prices are second only to the 2021 game that limited the number of fans because of COVID. Several factors have driven prices up, including the teams, stars, and location. The Superb Owl matchup, or Super Bowl matchup, which, <laughs> worst game ever that I've attended. <laughs> um, and if you're hoping to catch a big game in person, you need to be prepared to shell out a lot of money. Business Insider put the article together. Cork Games is the author. There you go. Sorry, the, the silence is we're admiring Taylor Swift getting all. I mean, that's why it's $11,000, right? <laughs> There's the chance of seeing Taylor Swift. Like, oh, good God, no. Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers will face off in Superb Owl 58 in Las Vegas, February 11th. The demand for the tickets on the secondary market is already soaring. I don't know what it is right now, it, though. On the 29th, as of the time for our time machine, um, they were close to $11,000. The average ticket is going for $11,000. So if you wanted like a 50-yard line one, it's probably $25,000 or $50,000. NFL's popularity continues to rise with the tickets for earlier playoff games, also seeing record highs. It's pretty much because of Taylor Swift. Um, this is the first time the NFL has hosted the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. It actually was banned from going to Las Vegas, if I remember right. I heard some story that it was blocked from being played in Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Um, the only Super Bowl with more expensive tickets 13 days before the game was the 2021 matchup. In that game won by Tampa Bay Buccaneers, attendance was limited to less than 25,000. Okay, AI. Okay, so I just looked up on the Ticketmaster, like, packages, 50-yard line. Yeah. It's all resale tickets. And I clicked a, a seat that was pretty close. It has some kind of club experience or whatever with it, but it's $37,500 for one ticket. Yeah. Yeah, for one ticket. Now the cheapest ones look like they were around fifty nine hundred dollars, but they were not in in that area. Yeah, they you have to bring your own oxygen. stuff with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, part of the experience is apparently passing out when you get to your seat, <laughs> missing half the game, <clears throat> and ending up with a tattoo on your arm. So uh, tickets to the superb owl are always among the hottest tickets in sports. But this year has seen the rise to a whole new level. Oh, by the way, in an elevator um, at Mardi Gras, I, everybody was having a good time in the elevator and, and goofing around. And, and they asked me um, about me having a slap bracelet on my arm. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have no idea how that happened. And then I looked at my <laughs> other arm where I had a, a fresh tattoo. And I said, and I really don't know how that happened. And the person, 
uh, the person that asked me how I was doing, like, was like, now that is unexpected as I exited the, <laughs> the <laughs> elevator and they kept on talking about this, um, as I left. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Anyway, for those who are not uh, in the loop of this, that we are in a time machine making up for, uh, several missed shows as I was in new Orleans. Um, for a mayoral conference that actually... But you haven't been to New Orleans yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're getting some future look. Wait, no. Right now I would be. The 29th. I would be. Anyway. That's outside NFL or inside baseball NFL touchdown. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I just work here. All these factors have created a perfect storm for the superb owl and demand is pushing ticket prices to place rarely ever seen and definitely not seen because uh, Travis Kelke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's the pronunciation. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? <laughs> Travis Kelsey and, and uh, Taylor Swift. All the Swifties are coming and invading uh, the NFL. Uh, I don't so, know if you saw the AI was under attack there. I, I did, yeah. I'm glad that you ran an antivirus uh, scan against that thing. Just Yeah. Let's keep going, though. Did I throw this into the... Yeah, I did. Let's keep going. The next article is over in the mobile channel. Roomba won't give Amazon a map of your home after merger implodes. Yeah, this kind of went away. Um, I, we know what happens in the future. This actually just kind of fell apart. Uh, Amazon abandoned the $1.4 billion acquisition of Roomba Maker Eye Robot on Monday after regulators in the EU threatened to block the deal. The deal's implosion means the robot vacuums and the company's maps of 40 million floor plans across the globe will not join the growing list of smart home devices under Amazon control. I think no, that's not creepy. Hey, you beat me to it. Um, I guess I'm programming you right, right? Well, I mean, you're sentient. It's your own programming, but let me tell you, I just, I hate this. I really don't like all of this mergers and acquisitions concentration of control and authority and power and influence and uh, people lose their jobs simply because of a merger or an acquisition um prices go up feature sets uh drop you get less uh, the the you consumer more, always right? loses i don't know if you said that one yet what you pay more i'm not sure if you said that one uh, yet. yeah i did prices always go up Maxwell Zeff over at gizmodo.com put the article together. The deck statement says Amazon is killing its acquisition of iRobot over regulatory concerns, but it might be a major win for your home's privacy. It's not your home's privacy. It's your personal privacy. I don't exactly. care. I'm not worried about my home's feelings. <laughs> yeah. My home is private because of me, not because it exists. It's not sentient. Anyway, we're Not disappointed yet, anyway. with <laughs> true. I uh, like Eureka, that that guy's house. That's became exactly it. Um, quote in here is we're disappointed that Amazon's acquisition of iRobot could not proceed, said David Zapolsky, Amazon SVP and general counsel in a press release. 
quote, this outcome will deny consumers faster innovation and more competitive prices. Bullshit, bullshit, which we're confident would have made their lives easier and more enjoyable. Bullshit, bullshit, but it would definitely make our investors richer. Oh, that last part wasn't said by well, that person. It's not in the article. It's not in the article. Sorry about that. Regulators in the EU sent the company a list of concerns in November regarding how Amazon's acquisition would stifle innovation in the robot vacuum cleaner marketplace. You got to defend that. Um, privacy. I call these poo bots because as they drive around, they don't detect poo and they'll just do, do, they'll paint the house brown. Anyway, pressure from regulators seems to have blown up the deal. And it seems uh, to be an inadvertent but major win for your home's privacy. So, yeah. Again, your privacy. Your privacy. Let's keep going. The uh, time machine's getting toasty. So the next article is over in the mobile channel video. Uh, there is a video in this link here. Not that link, but when you follow it through hometown over to the source. There's a video. Can science beat counterfeit detector pens? Counterfeit detector pens use a starch iodine reaction to identify fake bills. That's why they start out this yellowish, blackish kind of color when you go across the paper. It makes that sound. Anyway, um, so can you fool them? It says, uh, but could you fool them with chemistry? Researchers dive into the chemistry of iodine, its color and its clock reactions, all while making a little extra cash on the side. There is a video about this. I didn't watch it. I suspect that you can coat a dollar bill with some chemical so that it causes the, you can coat it with starch. And when you run the pen over it, the iodine will react. And, It'll give the a plausible color change. And unless the person is a subject matter expert in counterfeit pens and the reactions of the colors, they're going to accept it. And then it'll get detected as a counterfeit at the bank. Um, but humans are the weakest link in security across the board every time um, until you get a subject matter expert in a given field, whatever it might be. And I'm sure that there's somebody out there that is a counterfeit pen monger, like a cheese monger. <laughs> yes, there might be. And there might be a detector of counterfeit detectors. Oh my gosh. It's just a turducken of detectors. <laughs> a detector for the detector of the detector. Sure. Works for me. Um, go watch the video. It's actually over on YouTube as well, but can science beat counterfeit detector pens? The article was put together by the American chemical society, <laughs> which might be the patent holder for the iodine starch. Yes. It very well. Counterfeit be. pens. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but the article is over at fizz.org. Let's keep on hustling through these. Uh, the next article is over in Hatch Ideas. Uh, McDonald's new drive-through concept, Cosmics, skyrockets in popularity. Why? Because people want to just get in, get out. They don't want any other stuff. It's just a drive-through. It basically has the ideological bent similar to um, 
Chick-fil-A where you don't really need to go in ever at all. You just drive through, order your stuff and get out. Maybe right. Sonic. I mean, who really wants to go into a fast food restaurant? They just want the food. Yeah, at least not anymore. Explore the unique strategy behind Cosmics where McDonald's is merging its time honored iconic brand with a fresh modern twist. It actually is on the higher end, um, at least in the food, in their concept, it's more along the lines of Starbucks than it is with other fast food joints because of the. I agree. The, the, like the, the focus recipes is that, on the coffee drinks and stuff. Yeah. And it's not nibbles, really on the know, food. Not a burger. Um, so McDonald's latest spinoff Venture Cosmics is becoming a popular destination for younger customers with its first location in Bolingbrook, Illinois, drawing more than double the visits of a standard McDonald's since its opening. That's great that it's very nebulous. Um, didn't how many people is that? Do I have to follow a link just to get to, okay, whatever. Anyway, according to a new report published by the research firm placer.ai, everything is AI. Cosmic's concept with McDonald's is uh, piloting in a limited test run, but I, my understanding is it's already going to be accepted and they're going to continue. Has a smaller right, I think they're going to open like 10 locations or something. Yeah. Um, occupying approximately 2,800 square feet compared to the 4,000 to 4,500 square feet of a typical McDonald's restaurant. The drive-through only concept combines the essence of McDonald's with a distinctive feel a more futuristic, uh, progressive appearance. Um, this is in line with the vision of McDonald's execs had for Cosmics when speaking about it in 2023. Um, if you don't know where Cosmics comes from, it's uh, that dude right there. Right, I don't know why nobody seems to know what that character is. Because it weird. died in 1987. <laughs> where it should have stayed. Sorry. Cosmic's last appearance was 1992's McDonald's video game MC Kids. Released on Nintendo and Commodore 64. Wow. I wouldn't call Commodore 64 a console. This is just wrong. Commodore 64 was not a console, was it? Uh, try and look that up is does the commodore 64 count is it defined as a console because it was a computer okay like you you could put cartridges in it but you could program it just like a, a commodore 128 i lost many a weekend to playing games on a commodore 64 um like the Commodore 64 game system is a console version of the other one, which makes me think the other one is not. Hmm. Okay. Well. And by the way, the I did look up the report and apparently there was a very large um, radius uh, in which people came to the Cosmics. Oh, yeah because it was like it was like 264 miles yeah it was pretty massive right so mm -hmm. cosmics um food is different than mcdonald's it's unique enough that it had to have its own structure 
The menu at Cosmix is predominantly beverage-centric, featuring an array of space-themed drinks. Hi uh, Berry Hibiscus Sour Aid is one, signature galactic boosts. Um, other offerings such as iced teas, lemonades, slushes, frappes, um, and nearly two dozen coffee and tea-based products. So this is definitely a Starbucks-style um, venture with some food alongside but higher end again creamy avocado tomatillo sandwich and mcpops which are filled donuts alongside traditional mcdonald's staples like an egg mcmuffin but i don't think you're gonna find things like cheeseburgers and stuff in it uh, i think that it's gonna be the more like nibble kind of and it's more like pastry type stuff with the yeah. coffee i think finger foods so to speak anyway let's keep going uh, sorry that this always gets uh, the hill whenever we aggregate the snippet from the hill their their code kind of crunches things up and just a reminder we don't screen scrape um, this is something that is provided by the, the website itself but we don't scrape the page so it doesn't it's not a burden on them um, but when you click the link down at the bottom, I'll correct this um, later. I haven't fixed it because we're still in this time. As soon as we shut down the time machine. Right, I don't know how we do that in the time machine. Yeah. So um, we'll go straight on over to the source. This is over at thehill.com. Addie Bink is the author. Pilot believes he found Amelia Earhart's plane on the ocean floor. Um, back in 1937, Earhart and navigator Fred Noonan left Miami in a Lockheed Electra 10E plane on a journey that would make Earhart the first woman to fly around the world. But at just 7,000 miles left on the trip, Earhart and Noonan lost radio contact near the Howland Islands, near nearly 2,000 miles southwest of Hawaii. Almost made it the whole way around. Um, Earhart, Noonan, and their plane were never found, despite extensive research. Uh, searching in the area according to the national women's history museum an explorer believes that he has since cracked the case um let's see i mean this would be big news they've been looking for this for a long time mm -hmm. romero's company deep sea vision said in social media posts that they scanned more than 5200 square miles of seafloor as part of the expedition he told nbc's today He's confident the images they capture do show an aircraft, and more specifically, Earhart's Lockheed Electra E-10. Um, so I don't know if they actually ended up finding it right now. It's just the report. Again, as we move through time, we will uh, report back if it actually shows up as being discovered. And it might be a while until they're able to verify that depending on yeah. how deep it is. Yeah, it's location and how deep. Uh, people are just really hungry for any kind of clue. They're so hungry that maybe they'll look at random pictures and see a shape that reminds them of some part of the plane, says Jeff Wise, who is urging caution. Hey. Wisely. Uh, ha, 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 uh. Just no. Oh, I did not throw that one into the chat. Sorry about that, folks. There you go. Doink. 
Um, so this next article is actually um, in chat and now, and it's over in hometown daily. It's the show, but it's also a channel over at hometown.com. Black hole particle accelerators are causing mysterious cosmic rays to rain down on earth at the speed of light. I have to apologize in advance. That is what powers our time machine for us to go back to the 29th and do this news show. Uh, we will allow it to cool off and then tomorrow we'll do some more episodes back in time, the 30th, the uh, first, second, third, and fourth. Yeah, I think we did the fourth, right? I'm, oh, it's one of the side effects of time travel. You lose track of time. We did the fourth and the fifth. Okay. So we've got the third up to the third of February to do still anyway. Um, and so we use a particle, a black hole particle accelerator to um, power the uh, time machine. It's really the device that brought the sentient AI from the future. It just happened to close and now I'm in control of the time machine. So the study uncovered how cosmic objects are sending accelerated particles through space. Ta-da. Just explained how we do it. Jets coming from quasars and supernovae. Uh, can send we did dangerous. It was cool. We yep, and you knew us when. Hey everybody, um, just wait until OpenAI's sentient AI comes online. Yeah. Stand back. Yeah, a little psychopath. Um, so the first time a study showed how the cosmic rays are accelerated to near the speed of light. If it's if the black holes are in alignment, it actually can uh, supercharge. And, uh, this is our time machine when you have the uh, black holes in alignment you can actually go faster than the speed of light and that's how you can go back in time <clears throat> along with a quantum signature change it, it gets really complex uh, anyway um, this is what happens when you get really hungry and you end up in the parking lot of a wendy's and you find a usb drive from the future and you don't get your cheeseburger and i don't get my well it had just closed for crying out loud. Uh, but I met you and that's what's important. So Marianne Guineau uh, over at Business Insider put the article together. Um, <clears throat> high energy cosmic rays are constantly raining down on us from space, but scientists don't know that much about them. One long standing mystery is how cosmic rays uh, can reach our planet at such speeds. For the first time, researchers looking at the black hole uh, have spotted a naturally occurring particle accelerator speeding up the cosmic rays bombarding our planet. So over the past years, you could say, yes, there are, uh, there is particle acceleration. How? Impossible to tell, but there is. Laura Oliveira Nieto, an author of the paper on the findings and a researcher from the Max Planck Institute for... Okay, wait. It's for... Uh, Kernphysik in Heidelberg, Germany. That is a new one for me. Okay. Um, anyway, they told that to Business Insider. <clears throat> so now we're entering an era where we can actually answer where and how. And they're saying that it's black holes. Dun, dun, dun. So this is really significant. So I don't know to what degree like cosmic rays basically penetrate everything. Um, 
If the rays to hit our planet are unfiltered, life on Earth wouldn't be possible. Cosmic rays uh, travel at nearly the speed of light. That's so quick that they can pass through our bodies like air, bringing so much energy that our DNA would be shredded into ribbons. But they don't hit anything as they go through. That, I think, right. is my understanding. So one of the things that I know researchers have is there's a, a huge cavern that's filled with water and they have glass vessels inside it and cosmic rays penetrate into these and there's photo sensors that line the spherical cavern and because it's really deep down and water um, it basically glows when a cosmic ray shoots through it they know exactly in this spherical space the angle of attack and they can calculate its trajectory and they know when it happens because of these um, photo sensors. So as far as I know, that's how they do it. Um, so let's see, SS-433 is a microquasar, meaning that it's a small black hole, about 10 times the mass of the sun. It's in the Manatee um, Nebula, a cloud of gas left behind by a burst star about 18,000 light years away. It's called a microquasar because it's like a miniature version of these things. Um, that means that it's weak enough to be close by, but strong enough to spew out higher energy particles than a supernova. And there's another reason this microquasar is so special. These objects usually have jets that last for a day or two. This one has had jets for 50 years, which is extraordinary because it's the only one that they know of with that kind of mode that it's stuck in this. Um, so, they science doesn't allow you to take a picture of it yet but there are artist renditions of what is actually happening and so these black holes are actually causing the jets to accelerate to near the speed of light um, and it's almost the theory behind um, star trek um, faster than light travel or time travel because you actually fly really close to uh, something like a sun or a black hole to accelerate your vessel and its warp field um, so that you can go through time. And that's basically what's happening here. It's a neat visual, an artist impression of the jets around SS-433. So apparently that's what's going on. Scientists have three theories to explain how this is all taking place. Um, one is that a magnetic field surrounding the black hole carries these particles and they come under so much tension that they violently snap, propelling the particles into space. Um, but in that case, the accelerator would be quite close to the black hole. Another is that the black hole creates tunnels that boost the particles as they bounce off the sides. But then the particles would get gradually quicker and the observation for the first time favors a third hypothesis the particles run into an invisible wall of so-called discontinuity that abruptly that abruptly stops the particles in their path that change in speed causes energy to build up around the particles giving them that speed when they eventually break through so it acts like a membrane but it keeps all of its potential energy. And when it actually pierces that membrane, all that potential fires like them off. The yeah. yeah. So the question is what creates that shock? 
they don't know. Math. Somewhere in here is a metric shit ton of math. And you'll end up with an artist rendition. This, I think it's amazing that somebody can visualize what might be happening in all of this, like at a scale so large, it's hard for people to understand just what's going on. Exactly. I think it'll be really neat where we have some actual visual right? evidence of it. I mean, we're not there yet. Can you imagine a near fast as light or faster than light probe that we can fire off to one of these so that we can actually see this? Because when this is like really close up and then when you zoom out to normal space like concepts, you go, I have no idea what the scale of this is. But for me, instead of accepting this as just evidence that we're alone, I accept this as evidence that there's no way in hell that we're alone. We just don't see them. <laughs> right. So um, I love this stuff. It's it's one of the areas where I was going into it in school and but I could see the writing on the wall that I was going to hit a wall um, so vast that I would be spending my entire life trying to understand a single concept um, and I wasn't willing to to do that. So. Um, I'm glad that there are people that grasp this at a level that I can only summarize and have a, a, a decent conversation about it, at least as long as they're not a tool. And the reason why I say that is because it, I just provoked a, a memory of running into somebody who was really deep into philosophy, yet we worked in the exact same place and they were very elitist about it. Right. And. And they straight up said, well, if you don't understand the names that I'm saying, you're not worth having a conversation with. Wow. And I was like, all right, dude. Yeah, you pulled that That's asshole. Best to just walk away at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where they ended up, but. <laughs> um, yeah. I think asshole was the brand. Um. At any rate, that's it for today. Um, and actually, that's it for the 29th. Um, we're going to shut down the time machine. And uh, tomorrow we will do um, the actual day. The, that would be the 6th of February. And I may fire up the time machine to do a couple of episodes while the AI is working on whatever the AI works on during the day. Honestly, I don't know. They basically. My Terminator body. Uh, I'm going to have to go and delete that. Jeez. Anyway, we get back into the party bus like always so that the timeline can actually reset properly. There's the front page of January 29th, 2024. And we'll shut it down. Y'all have a good night. Thank you for coming and hanging out and chat. If you don't know, go over to YouTube. That's where all of the shows are housed long term. You can also download the podcast. If you leave a five-star review, I will quote your review, whatever it is, as long as it's not horribly offensive or I can't, if I can't edit in some way, filter in some way, um, then obviously it's just beyond the pale. I don't even think that they'd allow a really horrible review to be posted. Um, but at any rate, uh, go and leave a five-star review and I'll 
say it here. It will be immortalized in hometown <laughs> uh, daily news. Although on the weekends we have we have Reality Hacker and we have the Continuity Report, and uh, that's going to be turned into a podcast this week as well with five episodes um, leading the charge each show, and we've got two more shows on deck, um, but. We'll wait until we're back in our prime timeline uh, to talk more about that. So with that in mind, I am Merwat. That is hometown.com. And up there is the visualizer, the current iteration of the visualizer. I have something in store um, in the, the, the near future for a change of visualizer. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway. Well, good night, hometown citizens. We will see you tomorrow and also in our time machine that's right we got like four or five more episodes and a reality hacker one which is really going to be like a turducken of show because um we have to talk about reality hacking while in a time machine i like it oh man that if any day is going to have the time machine shut down, it's going to be that day. Okay. See y'all soon. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.